Hi, I'm Ben Edwards. This is the Everything F1 podcast, driven by fans for the fans. EF1 podcast. This is the Everything F1 podcast. Sadly, football didn't come home, but F1 is coming home to Silverstone this weekend. Stay tuned as we talk about all the things we expect to happen. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Today alongside me from the Everything F1 team, we've got Joe. How are you, Joe? Are you all right? I'm perfect, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking. How about you, Sponge? How are you, how's your week been so far? Oh, good, thank you. Really excited for Friday, uh, going to practice, so, uh, or, or Friday and qualifying, as it is this week. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. All good. Brilliant. And Sean, alongside us today, how has your week been so far? Very well. I'm looking forward to this one as well. I think the, the, the shake-up is long overdue to the, the format. Okay, so you're looking forward to the sprint race, and we'll go into that uh, as we start to talk about the the Formula One weekend uh, in a little bit. First of all, we want to remind you that we are Everything F1. You can find us on all the social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We also have a Discord server, and you can find us at the handle at JoinEF1 on the majority of those. We also have our website, which is www.everythingf1.com. And then, of course, this podcast itself. Please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcasting service. And also, we would love you to leave us a great review on our podcast. If you do that, we'll give you a name drop on the podcast. So it's a way of getting your name uh, to all the listeners listening to the podcast uh, next week or the week after, depending on when you leave that review. So that would be absolutely brilliant if you could do that for us. First, I want to talk about, before going into the race review, I want to talk about the, the football, because we did mention it last week, and I was quite confident that it was coming home. Uh, and it didn't come home, did it, Sponge? How, how gutted were you, Sponge, the fellow Englishman on the uh, podcast? I was devastated, to be honest. I really... I, I, so, just, just to put everybody in the picture, I'm a West Brom fan. I'm, I'm well versed in this kind of disappointment. <laughs> I was I was hopeful but completely resigned before the match. But I, I genuinely just hoped that they did did themselves proud and finished the job. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I think they were the better team. I really do think that. I think there were some dubious decisions that went against us, which we can't be too to uh, down about considering we had we had the rub of the green on the previous couple of games but yeah I'm, I'm still proud very proud yeah I'm proud I'm a proud Englishman we did well uh, and I want to comment that it's a it's a process isn't it last last time we got to the semis this time we got to the finals that means next in the World Cup it might be coming home <laughs> and we, it, it may be coming home it it we also didn't say when it was coming home, did we? That's that's we an important. No, no. <laughs> it's an important thing. Um, but what I do want to do, and what I do want to mention, is the hideous 
racism that was on the internet after the football, uh, it's always unacceptable. Uh, and if, it, if we ever see anything like that on our platforms, we, of course, police it uh, as much as we possibly and as firmly as we possibly can. Uh, and all I want to say is to all the England football players, uh, you are fully supported by us and we are proud of you. Uh, even if you missed a penalty, it doesn't matter. You, you, you entertained us for this great month of football. Uh, and you helped me make memories with my family. So I'm really proud of the England football team. Uh, and thank you very much for, for, for that for this month. OK, we'll move on to Formula One now, because that's what you've all tuned into here. Let's talk about the race weekend. First, let's go over to Joe. Can you kind of give me a three-line three line kind of outline of whether you're looking forward to the weekend and what you're looking forward to specifically? I am um, gutted that I'm not going, because I was supposed to be this year. Um, yeah. However... We have such a mix-up this weekend that I'm mm-hmm. thrilled about. I think it's going to change everything up, and I honestly couldn't be happier about it. Good. I think that mirrors quite a few of our sentiments. Uh, Sponge, how about you? They're really, really excited. Um, I think anything like this, it's interesting to see how it all works. Um, obviously, I'm going on Friday, so... It's um it's a very very different schedule on Friday. I mean we don't we don't actually get qualifying until a bit, I think about half six on Friday evening. Yeah, it's in the evening. Um, so I mean usually if I go on the Friday, I'm I'm leaving around about five o'clock. You know, to beat the traffic home. So it's going to be very different. Um, you're going to have to take. Really are you going to have to take your Are you going to have to take your pajamas so you can get changed in the toilet? So you, when you get reckon, home, you're going straight to bed. I, I reckon so. I absolutely <laughs> reckon so. How about yeah, you, Sean? Be, uh, Are you looking forward to the race weekend? I am. As I said in the intro, yeah, I think the the shakeup like this is is long overdue. Like the last time they tried to mess with qualifying, it didn't work. But I like when they try new things because it means that you know they're still trying to like improve the show, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Um, Lewis said that it might be a bit processional. I hope he's wrong. I think he will. I think he is wrong. I think the racing this year is close enough that. Um, it'll it'll add to it, um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Friday night qualifying is uh, is is an interesting idea, and I think that'll the the time of day will play a big part in it as well. Absolutely, you are uh, you. I agree with you completely. You are right. So let's go through that schedule then. Um, right now, uh, free practice one on Friday is at two thirty till three thirty. Then, as uh, Sponge did say, uh, the qualifying is on Friday evening, six pm until seven pm. That's the standard qualifying format that we have seen for the whole season and for a number of years so far. Um, then we're going to have a free practice two on Saturday uh, morning, well, uh, midday Saturday till twelve till one pm, uh, and then a sprint qualifying race. Uh, is going to be at 4.30pm until 5pm. So it's a half an hour race uh, late in the afternoon on Saturday. And that is going to dictate the quali- the qualifying positions for the race on Sunday. And now the race on Sunday can be caught at 3pm UK time. So those times are all UK time. So if you are in a different country, please adjust accordingly. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a proper shake-up, isn't it? It's making a three-day event rather than just being uh, just pra- practice practice sessions on um, instead of it being fra- uh, practice sessions on Friday, we're actually having something to watch, something competitive, and something that will keep the fans kind of it will give the fans something to watch, won't it, Sponge? Yeah, it will absolutely. I think I think anything like this that it's gonna it's gonna create interest for the sport, whether or not people. Uh, 
maybe you know people that Formula One had lost over the last few years, whether they come back permanently or not, I don't know. But you you know, even if you've got a, a mild interest in the sport, you you know you, you're going to tune in, aren't you? So yeah, I think I think they're doing the right thing. It's like Sean said, they're they're trying new ideas. It's not like they're standing still and just resting on the laurels. And I think that's long overdue. Um, you know, they've they've got the new cars coming up next year. So who knows? It's it's you've always got to keep an open mind with this kind of thing. We're I'm glad no- they're doing it with three three different Grands Prix this this year as well. It's not like they're just doing one weekend and that, that's it, and then they'll just evaluate that. Mm-hmm. They're doing three different Grand Prix, three different locations, and I think it's going to give them a really good idea as to whether this is going to work or not. And as the fans, we're all going to get a really good idea as to whether we like it or not. So yeah, we're under no illusions as to it being a massive mix-up of the grid i think the fastest cars are always going to be kind of at the front still aren't they um but it might kind of just adjust the kind of mid-range teams and the and the lower range teams a little bit give them a bit of a better chance and uh, give them maybe just mix, mix up the mid, mid-range teams i what, what are your thoughts on that sean yeah, no, I think you're right on that. And I think one thing that us as F1 fans have been clamoring for for a long time is this kind of flat-out racing. Mm. You know, let's see the cars at 100% for the entirety of the race, regardless of how long it is. Just let them go flat out the whole time. No fuel saving, no tyre saving, no pit stops. Let the best do what they're good at for the mm-hmm. whole thing. And I think that's going to be really exciting. Um, I love watching Formula 2 and obviously Formula 2 has had sprint races for a long time and yeah. now this year they have two sprint races which mm-hmm. makes it even better so there's two <laughs> two balls to the wall flat out sprint races um, on a weekend and they're brilliant to watch and now obviously the F2 cars race a bit better um, and they're quite different to Formula 1 but as I kind of said you know the, the racing has been much closer this year the cars are following much closer this year than probably even we expected them to mm-hmm. Um and you can overtake around Silverstone. Um, yeah, definitely. Especially, especially you know when you're not trying to save tires or conserve fuel. Um, you know the only thing the people that the drivers are gonna like have difference will be like energy store. So yeah. it will be kind of the the strategy of who stores their energy best and who deploys it better. Um, I think it's gonna be very exciting. Um, I think it just shakes up. And as Sponge said, you know having it at three races this year mm-hmm. gives a chance to see if it works how well it works and also that little extra time to maybe iron out a detail or two for the third chance if they're going to bring it in fully next year i think having three three rounds of it is a, is a great idea rather than just a one-off and oh that was great but it won't work again or oh yeah why haven't we done that more so i think three is a magic number on that one it's i'm looking forward to it a lot good yeah yeah absolutely mirroring my sentiments exactly uh joe what what have you got to add to this uh, this funny weekend format that we're having i uh, well to be honest i have to agree with the lads i mean Everything they've said is exactly true. F1 can't stand still. It's got to evolve with the times. So, you know, relying on what works just now isn't going to work in the future. Um, So doing things like this, they've got to try it. And then you've got the, you know, everyone says it's boring because the free practices give them, you know, they have too much data, they have too much this, they have too much that. Well, you're reducing a free practice and you're adding, you know, a completely different challenge in there. Also, it's still a business at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this, you know, your weekend, you're going to sell out tickets way better now because there's an event every single day. It just, I don't really see the downside other than it not working. Yeah. Um, if, if, if it doesn't 
adjust the results in any way shape or form people will ask questions uh, is it worth it because there's going to be additional costs in obviously if there's any breakages to cars damage yeah. uh, track side and whatnot and the repairs that need to be done overnight and and all those sorts of things so if there's going to be a massive kind of outgoings uh, in terms of that sort of thing um, and it doesn't adjust the results i think people will ask questions but i can't see that being such a massive issue uh, here at silverstone um so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Carry on, so sorry, Sean. Sorry, just on that, yeah. Um, they they have said that um to kind of get around the risk of someone crashing and damage in the sprint races, that a package worth around five hundred thousand dollars for the three events has been agreed with the team. So each yeah. team will get that extra bit of capital for the three races. We're gonna have sprint races, just to cover any extra costs because obviously it's a it's a new thing and any damage that that might occur if you know mazepin hits schumacher yeah absolutely yeah so so they have they have when? covered it but what the, yeah absolutely but the, the point being uh it, it's still costing more money who, who it costs is is it's kind of well it's relevant to the teams because they don't want to have to put their pounds in their pockets during a, an experiment as it were but uh, it, going forwards i'm sure that would be all kind of brought into the package of the of the whole season uh, should they introduce it more permanently yeah. this might not be exactly how it goes forward but i think even if this doesn't work out they're on the right lines having something where it's reduced three practices but mm-hmm. you know more events an event every day it might not be exactly this but they're certainly on the right lines of moving forward yeah, because there was talk last year, wasn't there, about having two-day weekends to save money and, you know, uh, but but the tracks were like, well, hang on, no, that, that third day is actually somewhere we, where we're going to, that's where we make our profits, that's, you know, it's the, it's the extra bit. From, from a fan's point of view, though, I mean, we, we see it literally every single time that there's like a rained out practice session. Yeah. When the teams don't get that extra even hour, they struggle and it shakes up the race every single time. And this year they yeah. reduced the practice the practice lanes, added to the show a bit. There's cars on track for the entirety of the practice sessions. Mm-hmm. So that's a new thing they've changed for this year that has worked. Um, so yeah, as Joe said, they're on the right path to, to try new things to both improve the show for the fans and keep the sponsors and the, the, the tracks happy. And I think this is... It's a it's a good step. I'm looking for. I hope it works out. Really, I really genuinely hope it wor- it works because I'd like to see this as a permanent fixture. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be on at every track because uh, things like uh, you know Monaco and and cir- street circuits that don't allow kind of overtaking. It just would be a a second procession. Um, so they would have to choose their tracks. I think uh, Sponge, you got something to say? Um, I I just want to kind of touch on this, and I don't want to make a big deal of it, but I do think as a as a kind of um, media source um we, it's kind of our duty to touch on this really but i mean I, I, i'm going on friday um and I, i'll be completely honest with you I was, I was a little bit disappointed in the way that silverstone have priced this weekend um, right, okay. I, I, I know that we've been in a pandemic and i know that they missed out last year um but i'm disappointed that it's cost 99 quid for the friday mm-hmm considering that we're going to see a lot less of Formula 1 cars on track because I mean you know as of last season it was pretty much three well it was three hours of of Formula 1 cars on track last last season which is what you pay for really Um, yeah exactly Uh, and that's why I always used to go on a Friday because it was like you know you could go and watch watch the cars all day on Friday you get a lot of viewing you probably get the most 
out of a day on the Friday mm. if you're not bothered about watching them going full pelt in qualifying or whatever. And I, I used to prefer being at home on qualifying and race day to be able to watch the coverage properly. I mean, th- th- this season, it just seems like they're... I don't know whether they're scrambling to get as much money out of it as possible, given the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and that they they didn't, you know, receive any fans there last season. Um, or do you think it's because they've got that competitive as- aspect of the uh, qualifying on Friday? Possibly, but I mean, again, even if it is, it, it it's disappointing as a fan to be put in a position where consider the fact that last year mm-hmm. it was 50, uh, sorry, I say last year, the year before the last time that we were allowed to be in Silverstone to watch the Formula 1, uh-huh. it was 50 quid for the Friday. Yeah. And you got, like, you know, you got two hours more, um, you know, viewing of the Track Formula time. 1 cars going mm-hmm. around. You also got uh, F2 and F3, whereas th- this year we've got F2, uh, I don't think we've got F3, but we've got W Series. Uh, I mean, you know, tracks, track action doesn't start until 11 o'clock this Friday. Mm. So... You know they've they've shuffled it around again. You know taking out the fact that it's the the uh, the new format. I was just a little bit um, disappointed in Silverstone, especially when they came out and said, you know, we can't do it without you, the fans. Uh, you know, we've been waiting to welcome you back and everything. I just thought it was a little bit steep because I mean there was no early bird this year. You know, mm. usually when they they do an early bird, you get a little bit you know um, a little bit off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm still going. I've still paid the money. I, I can't wait to get back there. But I do think it, it needed a little bit of a mention. Maybe I'm a little bit out of line, but that's that's just kind of it, <laughs> no, it made it, me feel a little bit uh, a little bit disgruntled, put it that way. But it, it's, I mean, maybe not for yourself, but there might be fans that can't afford massive t- tickets, so they they go for the Friday for for just because it's a cheap day. It's it's a way of them seeing those me cars being going around. One the track. of them people. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, me being one of them people. Uh, yeah. If you think about people that have got families, it's just pay, paying the double the price for an adult ticket this this season. It's probably priced them out of being able to do it. So, yeah, it's a shame. Some wasn't but... that cheap to begin with. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I, I, Which... I, I got I got a whole weekend. Obviously, I'm from another country anyway, but I got a whole weekend flights and accommodation and tickets included to Hungary rather than just the tickets for Silverstone two yeah. years ago. So, well, I, I did yeah, I did Monza in twenty. Now twice as expensive is a bit shocking. Yeah. yeah. I did Monza in 2012. We did the whole weekend accommodation in Milan. It was less than 500 quid. Mm-hmm. And for me to watch the Formula One from the start finish line, which I did like the last last few seasons, mm-hmm. it cost 450 quid. So it kind of puts it in in perspective, yeah. quite stark perspective, mm-hmm. really. Um, but yeah, like like I say, I'm I'm glad to be going back. But I just thought it needed a little bit of a mention, really. Come on, Silverstone, buck your ideas up. Okay, yeah, well, especially when they've got this new contract as well. You know, they they basically threaten pulling the whole thing mm. to get a new contract. And now they've doubled the prices. It's <laughs> like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, there we go. Okay, well, let's talk about your expectations from the weekend. What drivers are going to do well? What drivers are going to do poorly? Let's talk to. Uh, let's go to Joe. We haven't heard your voice for a, a little while. Um, who are, are you expecting Max Verstappen to run away with it this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I am so tor- torn with this whole thing because I really I expect Perez is going to do well this weekend I expect Lando's going to do pretty well this weekend I think mm-hmm. with the sprint being there again it will all depend on the prior choices because 
you know, they're allowed to pick whichever they want. So that's gonna that's gonna be a strategic side of it all, which we won't know until the day. Um mm-hmm. but I don't think it's just gonna be a Max versus Lewis this weekend. And because of that, as much as I wanna say Max is gonna just take it and he's gonna go with it and I'm gonna be happy, I really don't know. <laughs> I am okay. so, I'm dreading predictions at the end of this because I still haven't made my mind up. I just, there's so many options. How about you, how about you, Sponge? Who are you expecting to do well this weekend? Uh, I really want Lando to win it. <laughs> and I think he might do it. I've heard a lot of that this week. Mercedes engines in a McLaren car are working really well at the moment. And mm. I honestly think he might do it. I think he might bring Formula One home. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sean? Are you expecting uh, one of the British lads to do it? Or would you think it'll be Max Verstappen running away with the champ- with well, with the race, sorry, uh, this weekend? For the sake of the championship, I'd like it to be Max. But uh, I-, I have to... I think Sponge took the words right out of my mouth there. I... I'd, I'd stick a sneaky fiver on Lando this weekend like yes he's had a rough week I think we're going to touch on that a bit later but what better way to bounce back than with the support of the entirety of Silverstone behind you um, and arguably maybe even more so than Lewis because who doesn't love Lando everybody yeah. loves Lando he's just such a likeable guy mm-hmm. um, and that McLaren we know like its strengths are high speed they they said like in, in Austria that their, their, their biggest struggle mm-hmm. was those mid and low speed corners but mm-hmm. the high speed was good yeah, and Silverstone's one of the highest speed tracks on the calendar, and he went well there last year. He finished fifth and ninth in the two races, um, but fifth in the comparative one with the same kind of hardest tire choices. Um, so, and that was with the Renault engine. Yeah. So, um, no, I, 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 maybe not win it. That might be a bit of a stretch because I also think Bottas will go well this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw that one out there. I think Valtteri tends to go quite well at at Silverstone probably would have won it last year only for the tyres mm-hmm. um, so I wouldn't count him out but um, I, I, I I think you could you could probably see a, a couple of British flags on the podium this weekend for sure let's hope so I'm going to say do you know what I, I, I'm going to back up what I said last week on the on the podcast uh, I honestly think Mercedes are going to they're going to give Lewis something extra that, that maybe is going to be a bit damaging to his engine long term but just to get him that because when we watched the uh, the uh, um the last Austrian Grand Prix where there was the crowds were huge absolutely huge for Max Verstappen and obviously Lando claimed them as well but it, <laughs> it was it was massive yeah it it was it, he he won the race in front of them there were cheers there was all, Hamilton's going to want that you know and he's, it's his home grand prix he's going to say look can you just do this? Sacrifice it for if we have to take a five five grid penalty later down the line, I'll be able to take, make up a couple of space, a couple of places at least. Um, I really do think uh, we're going to see a competitive, if maybe sacrifice sacrificial competitive uh, race from the Mercedes this weekend. It's just an inkling I've got. I don't. I, I've got no nothing to back it up. It's just something. Um, as a British fan, I, f- I feel that they might do um, from. As, as we said last week for Max, you know, Martin Brundle always says the home crowd gives you an extra tenth. So mm-hmm. all they need to do is give Lewis a, another tenth because they're red two tenths behind Red Bull. That, that's, <laughs> that's not going to kill the engine much, is it? No, exactly. That's that's my that's my thought anyway. Just a, yeah. a slightly different engine map that will uh, give, give was, a bit more power. He was power. asking for more power in Austria, so they have it. They, they have it. He, he knew to ask for it. So, yeah, <laughs> you, you might, it might not be as... 
wild as we thought it was when you said it last week. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you got people like Toto saying uh, saying that they are going to be competitive. Oh, we're going to be really competitive. Uh, it, I don't know whether it was a tongue-in-cheek thing that you were saying at the last race. Mercedes will be back, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, Mercedes Something will be like back. Yeah, we'll, we'll be competitive. Uh, we'll, we'll dominate the whole weekend. Mm. Uh not sure. I'm hoping. Oh, I'm. Ho- I hope so because what I don't want is I don't want Max to get too far ahead in the championship because I want it to be a close battle. I'm happy for Max to win if he wins. I'm happy for Lewis to win if he wins. I just want it to be really close. I want us. I don't want us to have a massive gap and think. Well, you know what, Max has Max has kind of won it early on, and it's, it's going to be very difficult for for Hamilton to keep up. I want Hamilton to kind of get that gap a little bit closer so he can be a bit more kind of on edge for the rest of the season because I like being on edge. I like to live dangerously. <laughs> you were a Jordan fan back in the day, were you? Well, who wasn't? Well, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, let's talk about uh let's talk about McLaren then. So you, you say they're going to be co- uh, competitive uh, sponge. What about Lando's teammate, Danny Ricardo? I think Silverstone's going to suit the car as much as any track has this this year. So I think from Danny's point of view I think he's got as good a chance of clicking with the car this weekend as any mm-hmm. um, I think I think he'll do well I reckon he'll be in the top six or seven um, uh, we don't know do we at the end of the day I mean we're all we all just keep waiting for Daniel to just like just explode uh-huh. um, and and you know put in some kind of second or third or even first kind of performance you know is and it will come. I still think it will come. Yeah. He, he's the the pressure's getting more and more on him. But you know, I think he's been, you know, honest enough to say that there's something still not quite right. But um, he he had a good race actually at Austria. He, he, his qualifying one might not have been superb, but he he, he was he, felt, he said after the race that he'd felt, you know, something clicked and uh, he started to enjoy racing again uh, which he hasn't done for the rest of the season so that's good news isn't it Sean it is and I was delighted to hear him say that especially and I think we mentioned this last week um, you know Zach Brown has not been happy with him and mm. rightly so I don't think a lot of people I'm a McLaren fan I've not been happy with him and I'm, I'm a big Danny Ricardo fan yeah um, and he's clearly not been happy with himself which is I think the most important thing mm-hmm. and to hear him say that you know that felt good I felt that, that connection with the car that's good and just looking through like the season results so far, he's his best results sixth were in France, Spain, and Imola, right? Which you know have a lot of high speed sections to them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's maybe the slowest. And also, you know, bear in mind he probably would have finished seventh or eighth in the Syrian Grand Prix had the engine not gone pop. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's there's that to consider as well. The qualifying's still not there, but his race pace is on is on show for sure. Yeah. And if you can bring that to Silverstone, where we all expect the McLaren to, to perform well, yeah. um, and just maybe the sprint race will actually be a, a blessing in disguise for Daniel Ricciardo. I think maybe of anyone, it might be best for Daniel Ricciardo, because even if he maybe mucks up qualifying on Friday night, he's got two races, and his best performances this year have come in the races, not qualifying. Yeah. And now he gets to do it twice. Mm-hmm. And on, on Saturday, he gets to do the flat-out, all-out attack no conserving anything i think of everyone on the on, on the grid i think danny ricardo will benefit the most from this shake up this weekend and perez let's talk about the other red bull of perez you, you did me you mentioned him you mentioned him joe sorry um you said you, you, you expect him to do well this weekend 
Yeah, I have to say, I mean, obviously your front runners being Max and, and Lewis all the time, but with this format this weekend, the likes of Danny, uh, I, again, I agree with that, uh, Lando, Perez, I think this is where we're going to see those really come into their own this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I fully expect it. I'm saying I expect it. I don't know if it's maybe just my heart wants this so much that I'm sort of willing it to happen. But for me, I'm I'm seeing them being right up there and being in a position where they're, you know, they could make life really difficult come Sunday for Max and Lewis. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're away doing their own thing, the two of them. Yeah. You know, they, you don't really count them as much. That's like your F1. And you're looking <laughs> at your, you know, your um, F1.5 and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I think Perez is with Danny is, you know, this weekend they're going to make it their own. They're going to really, this is what they've been waiting for is things like this. Um, so hopefully it should go good. Okay, well, well, let's move on to uh, some, of, some of the other teams then. Uh, Ferrari, uh, your dad's favourite team, Sponge. What, what are you expecting them to do at uh, Silverstone this week? I think they'll go well. I, I think they're a bit of an unknown this season, to be honest with you. They're they're always kind of threatening to be there or thereabouts, but you don't really know where they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously still finding their way back. But, I mean, I would be happy with them to be seventh or eighth with all of my predictions that I've already given. So, you know, <laughs> we'll, got any we'll space settle for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think, I mean, they seem to have got most of their power back, don't they, um, in the engine. So, I mean, again, with it being a, a, a power... Uh, hungry shall we say track we'll see really how much have they bought back but yeah mm. I, I, I think fifth or sixth maybe um, both of them around about there so okay um, who, who, which which of the drivers do you think will uh, perform better do you think it'll be Leclerc or do you think it'll be Carlos Sainz I think Sainz probably I think Sainz is just kind of quietly going about his business and I think from what I've seen over the last couple of races, I think, rightly or wrongly, I think Charles might be feeling the heat a little bit. I, mm. I don't think people are putting pressure on him. I think he's always put quite a lot of pressure on himself. And I think the yeah. fact that Carlos is doing so well, I do think that's just playing on his mind. I think some of the, the moves that he made in both Grand Prix at Austria were questionable, let's say. Um, yeah. You know, coming from six or seven car lengths back a, a couple of occasions, it's, it's very high risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks good if it comes off, but it looks, you know, looks a bit silly if it doesn't. And I think there's been a few occasions in the past where he's tried that kind of move and it hasn't come off. And then we've heard him on the radio going, "I'm so stupid." Yeah. You know, it's and and it's like, yes, they did come off this time, but if they hadn't have come off, would we would we be sat there going, "Look, you know, Charles, just chill, take, mm-hmm. you know, just." take your time you'd have had another straight you know it, a lot of the moves that he was doing were up to turn three it's like you, you'd have had another straight with drs you could have just breezed past yeah not a problem just just take another corner um so yeah i think carlos i think carlos probably has got the upper hand on him at the moment if i'm perfectly honest with you mentally as well as on track he does seem to have just clicked with the team um yep and that's a good thing, you know. Uh, we, uh, Charles obviously has as well. You know, he's been there longer as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think Carlos has settled in very, very well um, as a Ferrari uh, driver and team member. 
Um, Sean, let's talk about the uh, the Alpha the Alpha Tauri. I forgot the name. I was going to say Alpha Romeo then. The Alpha Tauri team uh, of Yuki Tsunoda and Pierre Gasly. How are you expecting them to perform this weekend at uh, Silverstone? Really well, and I'm glad I get to, to, to take a crack at these ones because I actually wanted to give a shout out to Pierre Gasly anyway. I think along with Ricardo and um, and Perez, um, I think Gasly is another who will really benefit from the, the format this weekend. Now, that said, his qualifying performances have been excellent this season. All of his performances have been excellent this season, but there's that little thing still that AlphaTauri are high up in qualifying because they're on the softs all the time where everyone else is on the mediums so they mm. just get that extra bit of kind of glory run almost yeah um but at the same time i think pierre gasly is having a stellar season for sure um i think he'll pull off a few good overtakes um i think it'll be a good weekend for alpha Tauri. i think they can be in a, a good fight with ferrari um yuki we saw a bit better of last weekend except for those stupid penalties Mm-hmm. Um, do you know he got his head right for qualifying um, yeah. after we think someone told him to just pull back at 1% and uh-huh. just finish the damn qualifying session <laughs> um, and it worked um, and he got the points in Styria he was just out of it in Austria um, but uh, so I think maybe Pierre the back end of the points Yugi maybe just outside it Depending how well the Ferraris go, I think the Ferraris might struggle a little bit in qualifying, but come good in the race, mm-hmm. races, races. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Pierre Gasly. I think um, out, out, outside shot at a podium if if some chaos ensues ahead of him. <laughs> well, let's hope there is a bit of chaos, not too much, but just a little bit to mix it up a bit. Um, Joe, we'll talk to you about the Alpine team then. What, what are you expecting Alonso and Ocon to do this weekend? Not very much. <laughs> I'll be brutally honest. I was uh, I was praying for Gasly because I actually have in my notes. I reckon he's going to be top six. I really think oh, okay. he'll be up there. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, Ocon. I just do you know what? The two of them for me, I'm finding are very underwhelming at the moment. I, yeah, I well, don't the, know. I he, just, Arcon started the season properly, them. didn't he? Yeah. Arcon started the season properly. He was doing well. They, well enough that he signed a new uh, two or three year contract. And, then, uh, and, was, and ever since then, it's kind of yeah. jinxed him. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I'm so under, like, I, I know this is going to make so many listeners absolutely hate me. But I am not an Alonso fan. I, I've never been an Alonso fan. I'm just, I'm not his biggest fan. I haven't <laughs> rated him for a very long time. And do you know I don't I just I haven't seen anything worthwhile from being back. To, mm. For me, I just think it's a waste of a very good seat, and I can't see this weekend being any different. I completely right. agree with you, Joe. I've never Ooh. been an Alonso fan, never ever. Oh. I I respect his racecraft. Um, I didn't like him since the whole Alonso Hamilton thing, and then he kind of grew on me again. After he, it was, you know, when uh, towards the end of his um, Ferrari career, and then when he obviously started uh, joining McLaren again, I kind of warmed to him again. I don't know what it was, um, and I'm now gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. Shuffle off here because Fernando Alonso has, since I was a child, been one of my favorite drivers. Always, for, forever. I think he's one of the most naturally gifted drivers in history. I agree. He's underwhelmed me a bit this season. I think that's more to do with the rubbish car that Renault keep pumping out, or Alpine keep pumping out. Um, and but where Alcon has dipped, Fernando has 
started to get on form. He seems more comfortable with the car. The car mm-hmm. is a is not good. A dog. But he's he it is a bit, but you know, Fernando Alonso does very well in, well in dog cars. He was three points off a championship and one of the worst Ferraris ever. So I think not that I expect too much of them. I expect maybe points for Fernando this weekend. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, Ocon Ocon's a bit of an anomaly here, isn't he? I think the thing with Alonso is he's mm-hmm. is Alonso has always had a very unique driving style. I mean that that Renault that you know the the old blue and yellow Renaults that he used to drive where he got his his championships. How he used to drive that the way that he used to drive it, I don't know. I mean, I, I I've watched many a documentary on the way that the way that they design that car around him, mm-hmm. and I do think that teams. Um, teams that he's driven for since including Ferrari have gone down that route as well trying to design a car for Fernando Alonso rather than Fernando Alonso learning how to drive the car that he's being given mm-hmm. and I think that I think that did uh, and I've said this before even on this podcast I've, I do think that the way that they um, the way that they rally around Alonso rather than Alonso learning the car is at a detriment to the team itself yeah. Um, but there's no doubt. I mean, the, the guy, the guy is immensely talented, and he always has been. Um, I, I just, I've never been able to take to the guy. I really haven't. Do, do you think maybe just on that? Because I think it's a, it's a very interesting point you make and a, a pretty good point. Do you think maybe part of Alpine's plan, Renault's plan to bring him back was 2022 is coming. Here's your car, Fernando. We're going to shove Esteban in the second seat, but here's <laughs> your car. Go yeah. win the championship with your car. This has been designed around you. Because they yeah. brought him back really early last year. Really early. Mm. Yeah. I, so. I think I think there is a, a, a big a big portion of that. But I mean, you know, from from an outsider looking in, I, I'm I'm just I'm a little bit dubious as to whether that's the right way for the team to go. Because I think I mean again, the the, the guy the way that he drives should not be possible in a Formula One car. You know, the the, the way the the angle that he puts into the steering wheel, the way that he you know he, he basically throws a car into a corner, it shouldn't be possible. It's as simple as that. But Renault made it work for him back in the day. I, I think I do agree with you, Sean. I think they are basically saying, "Help us design this car. We'll design it around you." because we want you to drive the wheels off it when it comes out. I think the problem with that is, and I think this goes back to teams not wanting to change two drivers at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with that is that when Fernando eventually does go, because he will go at some point, where do you leave that team then? Because he he really is, and I, I can't stress this enough, whether I like the guy or not, the guy is unique and his driving style, he's, it's so unique that I, I don't think anybody else, if they are designing cars around him, I don't think anybody else is capable of picking that car up and driving it like he does. And I, I think it's it's a risky route to go down when you know when you're in that position. Um, I mean, Lando came out when he when he was driving with with Fernando. He said, "I've learned so much, but the, the, you know, trying to drive the car like he did is just impossible." So. <laughs> What what exactly are you know even if they're if they're trying to kind of like you know um, give him experience with with the youngsters and whatever what can they really learn from him? So I think it just remains to be seen. Yeah, when you're looking at the fact that we're again we're we're on the the topic of an older driver as well. We don't you know 
team don't necessarily have five years guaranteed with them. Mm. Um, and I mean, when I say I'm, I'm not his biggest fan, I'm not. But I am an F1 fan and therefore I have an unbelievable amount of respect for all of their driving skill and totally agree, agree with you. He is amazing. But I'm sitting here knowing fine well we have amazing talent in the younger ones. And I mean, it's going to break my heart to say this, but even with Kimmy, you know, we've got these older drivers either holding on or coming back and they're coming back and they're not overwhelming us, at least straight away. I mean, I, I know we should potentially give them the chance for next season, but just right now, I'm just, I'm very underwhelmed with having them back. The one, the one thing that I would say in Fernando's defence is if we go back two or three years ago to when the, the when the decision would probably have been made to bring him back, mm. if you look at the, the state of, of racing then, there weren't actually that many names that you could really say, good grief, that, that kid looks like he's really going to break through. The ones mm. that did at the time are here now. They're in, they're in Formula One. Um, yeah. The ones that, the ones that were kind of on the, on the brink of either falling away or, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of still there or thereabouts, but aren't really setting the light. There's other, there's other kids that have come through since then that have, you know, basically, you know, staked a claim. Um, but go, go. Sadly, sadly, and that was a good point. Sadly, you could maybe say that had what happened not happened, Antoine Hubert would be in that car, and Fernando Alonso probably wouldn't have come back. Or absolutely, yeah, with Esteban Ocon, and they'd have created the French Super Team. Um, and you know that obviously what happened happened, and they thought, now what do we do? Because you're right, with the exception maybe Antoine, like Guan Yu Zhou has come on since, but mm. at the time, 2019, like you said, when this decision was probably made. Um, or the talks began. There was nobody yeah, once, was Antoine, once Antoine was gone. Because that was around the time where we were kind of saying, "Well, who's going to take over at Red Bull if Albon don't stay?" Mm. You mm. know, there was there was nobody. nobody there. Okay, let's move on then. Uh, are there any other teams? Uh, uh, we'll go to you, Sean, uh, that you're looking forward to watching that we haven't mentioned so far. Uh, not really teams, just one driver in one team, um, <laughs> and I'm sure he's on everyone's mind this weekend. It's it's Georgie Boy, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> he is 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 his home race. Uh, he's had a couple of good races where he mm-hmm. was almost very almost in the points. Um, we're talking about obviously the home advantage to give given that extra tenth. That, that extra, extra tenth, yeah. That extra tenth might be all he needs to get, to get a that single extra tenth point. To keep Fernando Alonso behind this time. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, no home race. British driver, British team, British race. You know, all the stars align for. This, he's not going to be announced for Mercedes. I think we've kind of already debunked that one. Um, yeah. It's just not going to happen. I think Toto respects Valtteri Bottas too much to do that to him. And I think he's right to. I think Valtteri is more than enough for that team mm-hmm. to at least be able to see his contract out with some dignity. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, jokes aside, that Williams is not a terrible car anymore. It's a, it, Especially in George's hand. Um, and it performs shockingly well in high-speed corners. Mm-hmm. And it's got a Mercedes engine. Um, so, you know, he's, he's already proved that he can get into Q3 on medium tires. Like, that was the lap of the season. Um, and... You know he's 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 one place away, isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely, uh, he's going to get it. 
it's got to be this weekend. If it's, it's going to gonna, if it's going to be any weekend this year, it's if, got to if be he's this going weekend. to score one point this season, it, it 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 has to be this weekend. Like it's a track that he loves. Obviously, home field aside, it's a track he loves. It really suits his driving style. He's got that Jensen Button smooth as butter style, where yeah. like fingertip driving style, turn the bu- turn the wheel once and don't wrestle it, and like Silverstone just rewards you for that. Um, so and, come on, George, you can do it. Yes, uh, I I will be a hundred percent screaming for George, and little kitten George will be as well. <laughs> and yeah, no, I think I'd like to see Nicholas Latifi get in and around there as well. Um, I don't think he's a terrible driver. I think we've mentioned before, you know, he was a F two runner up, and of all the pay drivers in the lower half of the grid, mm-hmm. thinking of one other in particular, um, he is a notably better driver, and I'd like to see him kind of get the most out of what should be an okay Williams this weekend. And again, the sprint qualifying really should help them because, you know, George is good in qualifying, and if he could just keep ahead of someone in, a, in both races, um, I think they have a good chance. And Latifi's done some overtaking this season. The chance to do it twice should help him too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Williams go this weekend. We're going to have to change his name for the weekend, aren't we? He's always called Mr. Saturday. He's going to have to be Mr. Friday this week. <laughs> Well, he could still be Mr. Saturday as well if he uh, <laughs> if he if he gets himself. I know the points are only for the top three, but if he gets himself into the top ten for Saturday, that sets him that sets him well up for Sunday, doesn't it? Yeah, of course, absolutely. You're right. Okay, um, so I actually have a name to throw out for you. I know we kind of glossed through a couple of teams, but what do we think about Stroll for this weekend? Because he's either sort of just in or just out of the points. What do you think? His, eye, his eyebrows might win the race, <laughs> but I think he'll still probably be back in 10th. <laughs> well, that answered that question. Never mind. <laughs> he might perform well. What, we, what we've agreed with in the past is Stroll actually still does deserve to be on that track. Um, he's not a Mazepin. Um, he does happen to have a very rich father that has bought him his seat. He probably on the you know on the balance of it all definitely deserves his seat there uh, and yeah he could do well this weekend um, I I think Vettel likes this track as well he's he's previously done well at Silverstone he's won a few um, I believe and I, I think the Aston Martin you know that they're, they're on home soil themselves so they get that tenth as well there's t- so many people getting a tenth it's probably not going to yeah. be effective for anyone Stroll did manage ninth and sixth last year so yeah. it's a track he's done well now obviously you know pink mercedes and all that the aston is nowhere near as good as the as the the pink mark was but mm-hmm. um i think both astons will go pretty well i think i think the lower end of the points is going to be a really tight fight this weekend maybe mm-hmm. the tightest of the, of the season because of the nature of the track because of the mix-up and sprint qualifying helping a lot of drivers and maybe really hurting some others mm-hmm. um, I think Stroll is another one who will probably help because other than that kind of turkey pole he's he's not the most lightning of qualifiers um, he got a lot out of his brilliant car out of his Mercedes last year but he's struggling a bit this year mm-hmm. um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him nick a point off someone like say Fernando Alonso or Yuki Tsunoda mm-hmm. again I think, I think I think you're right I think he's he is a good enough driver to be on the grid money regardless. Yeah. Um, if not for his father, he'd probably still be George Russell's teammate in Williams, mm-hmm. um, is, is what I think about him. But I do think that regardless, he'd still be on the grid. He's 
he has talent he was very good at junior he won championships in junior formula um and will buxton raves about him on an almost weekly basis and has <laughs> done for years yeah. and if will buxton's raising it raving, raving about you know that's a that's a that's a good knowledgeable person to have in your corner so absolutely Okay, well, let's move on to... I don't think there's anyone else that you want to talk about. Is there Sponge? I think we've touched on most people. I mean, we've probably left out the Alfa Romeos, which I we think can... it's going to be the, the most contested top six with about 11 drivers in there at the moment. So, yeah, I think we've covered everybody. Yep. <laughs> okay, well, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, your predictions for the weekend. First, second, third, uh, DNF. Will the, Who will be the first and how many, how many finishers we'll have? will we have in the race and will Georgia boy get a point I think we added that question so go for it sponge uh, winner I'm going to say Lando second I'm going to say Lewis and third I'm going to say Checo okay. DNF I'm going to say Max and the amount of Ooh. finishes I'm going to say 17 and Georgia boy to get a point Sean same questions to you I think Max will win on Saturday I think Max will be on pole and Max will win on Saturday. But Lewis okay. will win the important one on Sunday. And the top right, three on okay. Sunday where it matters will be Lewis, Max and Valtteri. With George, right. with Lando just behind them. George to get a point and Mazepin to, uh, to no, stick it in a barrier at some point. I thought you was going <laughs> to say George to get a point then. <laughs> I, did say, I did say George to get a point. Uh, sorry, George to get a podium. Sorry, I thought you were going to oh, say. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, Mazepin to turn left at cops probably. Who knows? <laughs> How many finishes? Nineteen. 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 <laughs> Joe, what are you um, saying? Um. Okay. 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 I'm just going to go with my heart. So I'm going to do uh, Verstappen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do Norris. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, Ooh, I'm doing okay. it. I'm just, I'm doing it. Okay, so my DNF, I think, is going to be Leclerc. I think Russell's going to get a point, and I think we're going to go for eighteen finishes. Okay, who's the other DNF? Uh, I'm going to go with. Not that you, ha- you, you don't have to be held to this. This is. That's just... all right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Giovinazzi. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. I should have been all con. Darn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I make it to lap two this week. (laughs) I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton will win the British Grand Prix this weekend. I think. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. (laughs) No, I'm going to say Mercedes are going to do that thing to the engine. So I'm going to say Bottas in second. And I'm that is, say... by the way, everybody, the most thought that Tiller's ever put into anything. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. You are absolutely right. Do you think they'll give, you think they'll give the battery the, the 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 engine bump as well? Yeah, just just so it doesn't look like an. an they're clearly cheating. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just so it doesn't reveal their hand straight away. I think they'll just go. Yeah, we'll just do it for both. Sod it. Um, so yeah, Lewis, Valtteri, Lando. Uh, DNF, I agree with uh, you on the Max Verstappen one. Um, I think he'll probably have a DNF um, just because he has he hasn't had a season where he hasn't had a DNF. So I mean, he has had his DNF already, to be fair. But I just think he's not really had more. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. It's normally just not not just the one, is it? It's normally a couple. So he's he's due a Honda blow up, isn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, the engine could go, or he could, he could, you know, get a bit overzealous on a corner. Um, you guys are killing me. Yeah, but I want it. I want the close championship. I'm, I'm happy for him to win the season. I just want. No, I, I, just agree. Want those, I agree. I just want those points really close. <clears throat> um, so yeah, those are my top three. I think Georgie Bill will get a point because um, that that home home advantage is going to give him that extra tenth, and that's all he needs to get into the top ten. DNF, I'm going to say Ocon. I am going to say Ocon. First DNF. And number of finishers, it's usually not too bad at, at Silverstone, so I'm going to say probably about 18. 18. I'll go for 18. Mm. Do, you think the t- do you think the tires will blow up again? Ooh, it could be. No, Anyone but the ho- finishing on three wheels this year? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, if that happens, I think serious questions will be ha- asked, uh, uh, asked we'll, to we'll uh, have, Pirelli. We'll have, bridge, we'll have bridge sounds back, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I don't. I don't think they can afford that. Uh, and they have got. They've gone for the harder compound, haven't they? Uh, the harder compounds with the C one, two, and three. Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't have too many issues with tyres. Um, I may be wrong, but we have got. Uh, hopefully, uh, the weather reports have said it's going to be warm. Um, which does mean it will rain. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sponge, take your coat for a Friday, just in case. Yeah, I'll, I'll take everything. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I've got a Joe in my rucksack, don't forget. So, Joe's in your rucksack. Yep. <laughs> I am hiding along. She won't make a very good hat, though. I could... I'd... I'll figure it out. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll just put my hands over his head, but I'm too yeah. short. You'll just have to yeah. sit permanently. <laughs> okay, let's talk about some news then that we've had during the week. We haven't had loads of news. Um, we did have the news about Paul Lando at the uh, 2020 uh, football final uh, between Italy and England. Oh, I'm still sad about it. Um, but Lando ha- was mugged, uh, it seems, outside uh, Wembley Stadium, which was absolutely yeah. abhorrent. Uh, the England fans really haven't um, endeared themselves to the rest of the world or to even England themselves. Uh, and they, they've gone and stolen one of his watches, whether it was his personal one or sponsored one or whatever. It, it, it's, it's irrelevant, really. It was... Just, just not on, and it's not not nice to see that you know he's a young lad. He's what twenty two or twenty one now. I, I can't remember, um, but easy. It's not something that that you need. Uh, and we we posted this on an article, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, he shouldn't have been wearing a watch to uh, to a football game." I'm like, just because he's got the money, or just because somebody has given him this watch to wear, doesn't entitle people to take his stuff. Um, he should be able to go to a football match with whatever the hell he wants to wear. Uh, no, nobody deserves to get stolen. You know, it's we're not in the times of Robin Hood, uh, robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. It's just just absolutely not on and disgusting, really. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that, really, because it's one of those touchy subjects. Poor Lando, uh, hearts go out to you, and we hope that you were. Uh, Shove it in their faces by scoring really good points at the weekend, bouncing back, uh, and really kind of showing showing the whole of England who's boss. Uh, and we could be proud of our uh, English or British boys, sorry, British boys at the uh, Silverstone Grand Prix this weekend. Um, and the crowd, we're going to have 140,000 people there over the weekend. So it, it's going to be a decent crowd at Silverstone. So hopefully we'll feel that atmosphere as we're watching through the telly as well. 
Are there any other news articles that you wanted to speak about, Sponge? Uh, I don't think so. I think the only one that I'd seen myself, I've been that busy, I haven't really been able to uh, keep up with it, but the only one that I'd seen was that Lando report. So mm-hmm. just uh, hope hope he, uh, he uses it to, um, to, to the good, really. Um, it's an awful position to be in but i just hope he uh he uses all the support that he's had to to bounce back absolutely we all mirror your your sentiments there sean have you seen any news articles that you want to talk about uh, yeah it was from a few days ago because it has been a quiet news day was unfortunately that lando news and we all hope the best for him and nobody wants people to do that i believe it was a sponsor watch not that that makes any difference but yeah know. um the bit of news that I saw was Total Wolf has come out and said that uh, after Lewis signed his two-year deal, which we even mentioned last week, I, I mentioned last week, I was a bit surprised that it was going to be a two-year extension. Uh-huh. Um, Total Wolf has said that uh, the negotiations were very easy and he doesn't think this will be Lewis Hamilton's last contract and that he might race into his 40s. Now, <laughs> interesting, Joe Cotton mentioned this, you know, drivers racing on... Uh, into their 40s and you know maybe hogging for want of a better term a seat that could go to a young upstart and you know the big question this raises really for me is okay Lewis Hamilton's going to race he's what 35 36 now for another 5 or 6 years maybe win every championship we'll all kind of get bored with Formula 1 again Mm. and what does that mean for his teammate are they just going to keep Valtteri Bottas as a whipping boy for the next 5 years are they going to throw George Russell in, in there to like say Lewis get out uh-huh. um, or you know what does it mean like where it, it, it kind of just brings up the question again of what are they doing with George Russell next year <clears throat> if they just plan on keeping Lewis around until he I don't know just decides he's done mid-season probably <laughs> just stop after the 2027 British Grand Prix going bye <laughs> do you think it's a bit of gamesmanship from Toto What's 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 the purpose for you, it though? Just 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 to put their uh, the other p- competitors on edge, kind of. Oh, it's going to be here for this this amount of time. It's going to be, uh, you know, the the Lewis Hamilton show and uh, maybe and it's, it's certainly you know I suppose Christian Horner and Mattia Bonato will probably perk up looking at that, going, Ah, Jesus, we can't let them keep going. Mm. It's funny um, you should mention that actually because <clears throat> not two hours later there was a I read um, an article from Marco saying that. Uh, Red Bull would be very interested and it would be beneficial for Russell if he mm-hmm. is not uh, extend, kept on with Mercedes to go to them. However, he did then go on to say that he doesn't think Mercedes would be that stupid. But instantly, within within 24 hours, there you go, Red Bull were out saying, well, we'll take him if, you're, if you plan to you know, keep the, the status quo going. <laughs> How do you deal with that, though, from Helmut Marco? I mean, it's like get, getting a call from Helmut Marko. He's like getting a like from Anne Widdicombe on a dating profile. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so you just be like, oh my god. <laughs> well, I I don't know. It, it it'll be a, certainly a negotiation tactic to, to for him to go to Mercedes. And say, look, I've got offers from Red Bull. I'll, I'll go there. You you put me in that seat now, uh, or I'm going to be a competitor rather than a team. The problem Remember. is, though, you know, George doesn't really negotiate for himself. Toto Wolff is his manager. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's not like you can go, hey, Toto, you know, Helmut Marco's on your phone to sign me. And Toto's like, yeah, so? <laughs> and that'd be the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Put him on call <laughs> it, would be, it would be interesting, though. I think George versus Max would be 
very exciting like next levels of exciting mm. George versus anyone I think George in the same car as George just has to be in a top car I, I, I look forward to the future where it's Max, George, Lando uh, Carlos and Charles fighting and we have a 2010 again where we have five drivers and three teams fighting for the championship to the last race um, <laughs> and sadly I think that can't happen until Lewis Hamilton hangs up his boots because until then, it doesn't matter what the new regs are, Lewis will just keep winning. He always finds a way, which is annoying. <laughs> Amazing, but annoying, yeah. I quite like it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I'm a, a British fan, broadly. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, what, what do we think as, a, a, as the four of us now? Let's, let's kind of have a show of hands, but not hands, because it's a podcast and nobody can hear hands. Um do you think we will be seeing George in the Mercedes seat this year? Or, well, not this year, next year. Uh, Sponge, we'll go to you first. Yes. Do you think it's a done deal? Yes. Sean? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You were you were one of these ones that, uh, that thought maybe the McLaren might be, the McLaren, call, might be calling. I, th- I think the McLaren is still an option. Um, but I think it'll ultimately... Nothing's going to be announced this season. I think that's for sure. Nothing is happening until after Abu Dhabi. As I right. said, Toto Wolf respects Valtteri Bottas enough, and Valtteri Bottas has more than earned the respect to at least see out his contract if mm-hmm. he's not going to be signing another one, which is still up in the air. Um, nothing's going to be signed this season, and I think that gives Toto the option to say, you know, if by Abu Dhabi, Daniel Ricciardo is still languishing ninth in the championship, he calls Zach and go, you can have George for a year, mm. and we'll keep Valtteri. Um, then it might happen but you know I think we mentioned you know Danny will he'll pick it up he will yeah he, he'll, he'll come back good and Toto he has to put George it, it, it's good for Mercedes to put George in that car like the just the the, the British super team that, that are German but whatever <laughs> German only by name uh, <laughs> they're, they're British factories British mechanics British yeah, drivers some other jokes I could make about that, but I won't. <laughs> but, I have uh, one... Sorry, go on, Sean, sorry. So I was just going to finish off. It, it's good for Mercedes, and Toto knows it's good for Mercedes to put George in that car next year. Go on, then, Sponge. I, I was just going to say, I, I, I personally think that if Hamilton was running away with the championship by now, mm-hmm. then I think George probably would be being unveiled this weekend. Right, I okay. think... I personally think that there's a there's a big angle here that they want Hamilton to have won his eighth championship before giving him a teammate as strong as George Russell because it's good for Mercedes to have the all-time record holder of championships and I don't think it would be as as easy for him to get there if George Russell was in that second seat so if he wins it this season maybe he will be there uh, maybe George will be there next season if he doesn't win it this season mm-hmm. then I don't think George will get that seat because I think they're going to want to keep Valtteri in there to give Lewis as much chance of winning the, the the championship and I don't accept it when people say that there isn't a preference for Lewis they changed their the colour of their car to support him and his BLM thing that team is all about Lewis Hamilton, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I, I just think I, I do think that they would go to the extent to say we want we want to keep 
Valtteri to give Lewis the chance to get eight championships. Okay, well, same question to you, Joe. Do you think George is signed up already, or what? What are your thoughts? No, I don't think he is. And to be honest with you, I don't think he will be either. Not, not mm. anytime soon. I mean, by from what I've read so far, um, they're looking at making the decision between Bottas and Russell over summer. Now, when we hear about it, it's going to be a different story, but that is what Merck are supposedly looking at at the moment. It is summer break to start looking into the contracts for the seat for next year. And I think, I just, it's too close between Lewis and Max already. If things keep going the way they're going, I mean, Mercedes have made it very clear they have stopped all development on this year's car. Doesn't mean they're not bringing upgrades. They've done mm-hmm. a lot of development that's still got to be put onto the car. However, they're not doing any more. They are now focusing on next season's car. So mm-hmm. we're not going to get any further forward, really, than what they know they're bringing. We know that Red Bull are still developing to a degree. So they're not going to risk, you know, what if Lewis doesn't get it this year? I mean, I'm with Sponge. They're going to want that, you know, championship under Lewis's belt before... They change that mix up because Russell's not going to be uh and I say this, you know, with no malice whatsoever, but he's not going to be a wingman. He's not going to play that team role as well as what Bottas does. Um so I don't think he will be. Not at the moment. Yeah. See, uh, there's two parts to that question uh, for me. Um and my answer is, is simple. I want him in the Mercedes <laughs> seat. I would support a move for George Russell to be next to Lewis Hamilton next year. But my brain and my me, me thinking logically from a company and from a, a, a constructor's point of view, I think Bottas is the person to have in the seat because he does play second fiddle uh, when required. Um, and uh, as you have you quite rightly put a second ago. Um, he's the modern day Barrichello isn't he at the end of the day you know he's just someone that's happy there to just you know be in the team and hoover up the rest of the points exactly Um, I mean Bottas still has that want and desire to win yeah but he is willing to no matter how much he wants to push and give everybody the birdie and just do it anyway he will be a professional and do what the team needs him to do Um. And I think sure someone like George so early in his career, nah, he's going to go for it. And who would blame him? Mm-hmm. So, nah, I, he, I don't he, think he will. He already has, and he hit Valtas doing it, didn't he? Well, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Point proven. <laughs> okay, Joe, was there, was there any articles that you want to speak about this weekend? Um, oh, about, not about this weekend, sorry, about uh, from the week. The I did notice it's probably not going to interest too many people, um, but Aston Martin are tweaking the delivery. Ah yes, um, yeah. Wasn't it the boss of BWT wanted mm-hmm. his wanted it to be more pink again? Yeah, um, because there it's was, not showing up well on the cameras or something not like that. Dis- they're not disclosing, and apparently haven't decided exactly how it is that they're going to change the delivery around. They love the color of green. They want to stick with that. They think it is gorgeous in daylight. However, they feel on TV it's just not represented as richly. It's as not it is in person. Popping, it's not I think popping. was the word. Yes. Yeah. Um, so th- we may be seeing something just slightly different. Mm. 
I think they're right to. Ironically, last year it was, you know, a carbon copy of the Mercedes, but pink. Yeah. This year it's not so much. On TV, it looks like the Merc. It looks exactly the same. It doesn't come across as green. It's mm. black. It, it just is. It looks awful. I think they really undercooked the green. And maybe the tweak to the color will be just a brighter green. It's not really British racing green, is it? It's too dark. It's like uh, a pleasant. Yeah, kind of. They, it, I, I was expecting, like, all the, the, the fan renders and stuff like that looked infinitely better. Um, so they might put a bit more pink in it and might brighten up the green, and I think they'd be right to. I think it's potentially a very good-looking car in green, and a green car is cool. Um, woo, go out of <laughs> I know it's not what for, but I'll take what I can get. Um, <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, it, people disagreed with you with, with what you're saying at the start when they when it was unveiled. But those pictures are obviously renders. A lot of them are, and they're they're in studio lighting with funny backdrops with this, that, and the other. But yeah, I, I agree. It, it loses it on the track. Uh, it's it's great when the camera's close up and you can see it, and it is a really nice pleasant kind of green uh, with that pink well it's, it's like a what was the i think, was I think it, the pink accents mm, look great in it for sure yeah, yeah um and it's a bizarre mix that dark pink that dark green and pink but yeah they, they just need to brighten the, either make it pink again um which or, they won't which they won't make it pinker or just make it a brighter green to make it stand out more yeah i believe mm. they're staying with the green um i'm sure the quote somewhere in it was ferrari is red we will be green, green. so it's we must enough. be sticking with green um, and changing it around somehow. So, then I'll we'll wait and see. That could be that could be fun. Could be might, might be a fun un- unveiling. Let's hope it looks mm. nice. Okay. Uh, and another thing that we've seen in the news on Thursday, they are unveiling the 2022 full sized car, um, and it's going to be streamed live across the internet. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, we've only obviously seen half size models or two thirds size models or, or, or whatever it is so far. Um, Let's uh, let's see what it looks like uh, in full size, and uh, that, that, that's coming just in a couple of days. What what are you expecting, uh, Sean? Are you expecting to like the look of the car? I already do, even just from the render. I mean, they released the renders last year when mm. it was supposed to come out this year. Um, yeah, I think they look brilliant. I think they look more aligned to the Formula Two cars, which I think look excellent in themselves. They're much more uh-huh. streamlined, a bit like back in two thousand nine when they got rid of all the stupid winglets. It's kind of the exact same plan this time, but they're keeping them low and wide. I mm-hmm. think the front wings look great. I think the little fins on top of the wheels look great. I think the rear wheels look great. I think I think they're just beautiful, flowing design. I think I'm really looking forward to seeing them in the flesh. I just don't want wheel covers, but I've lost that I battle like already. Wheel, I like wheel covers, although I have, <laughs> but the, but I'm even more excited about the 18-inch wheels because yeah. we've seen them even on this year's car and last year's car, and they look evil. They look great. They look great, yeah, Especially when they they're do. blacked out. Uh, they yeah. look absolutely incredible, so... Yeah, I I will be I will be taking an hour off work to watch that on Thursday for sure. <laughs> Joe, where where can we find that that the stream for that, please? If you could so release that, that information. Thursday the fifteenth, uh, it's one p.m., which is UK time, and you will be able to find it at f one dot com, f one's YouTube page, or there will be a link on Facebook for it through the f one f one page on Facebook. So you'll be able to get okay. it from all three places. Great. Well, definitely you'll be tuning into that to see what we're going to see and be in store for.
Okay, so that's been our preview of the Silverstone Grand Prix and, of course, any of the news articles that we've heard over the last week or so. Um, Thank you very much for listening. As always, we really appreciate you joining us today. Um, As always, if you could hit that subscribe button. And again, I'll repeat, if you do give us a five-star review on your streaming service, we will read your name out um, on the podcast itself, uh, so you'll get a good shout-out. also, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. As always, they are at the handle at joinef one And, of course, our website, www.everythingf1.com. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening today. Thank you very much for my three companions, uh, Joe, Sponge, and Sean. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. Cheers, Tiller. I've been James Tiller. This has been the Everything F1 podcast. We will speak to you soon.